James 1, 1, James, a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall in diverse temptations. That's a strange verse. That's a strange verse. Knowing this, that the trying your faith worketh patience. And I know some of y'all get mad and being tried. Yeah, patience is the last things on your mind. In fact, you can throw a fit real quick, can't we? It don't take much to throw people into a fit. Just let somebody cut them off in traffic. You see what's inside because it comes out to the outside. But let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you tonight, Lord. We just ask you to touch our hearts and open our minds. Encourage us tonight, Lord, that we may be encouraged to others, even when we don't feel like being an encouragement. Father, I thank you for what you've done and what you're about to do. We'll give you the honor. We'll give you the glory. In Jesus' name we do pray. James opens this chapter with trials of life. You don't have to live very long to know that there are some days that are simply better than other days. You get up and you catch every traffic light green. Your biscuit is well cooked. Your eggs are perfect. And it just, it just, your coffee is the best you ever had. There's no troubles in your life. There's no troubles on the horizon. Your family is right. Your bank account's right. Everything, your job is right. Everything's right in your life. Then you know some days you wake up and it seems like trouble's all about you. You get up in the morning thinking having trouble on your life. You go through all day long thinking about the trouble in your life. You go to bed at night and you're worried about the trouble in your life. We all have various trials in our life. We all have different things uh, going on. Mine's no greater than yours and yours is no greater than mine. But we all face difficulties. Some of us are facing somebody that we know that may have cancer. Somebody we know that's facing sickness. Uncertainty, discouragement, depression. And it becomes uncomfortable down here in this walk of life when we go through those trials and tribulations. But James tells us that these negative experiences in our life, we to accept them with great joy. I would have to say, James, you've lost your mind. Can you say we are to have great joy when trials of life come our way? I, I'm glad today that the Lord would even count us worthy to suffer in this walk of life for His name's sake. We're given the opportunity every day by the Lord Himself to be able to go through life to suffer and to know that people are suffering through sickness, 
death. And that the Lord is there to help us. In the midst of all those trials that we're facing, the Lord is found there with us. He said, I'll never leave you and never forsake you. But God is saying, don't drop your heads down and run out and quit on God. Because we're able to overcome the trials of life. We realize that we should be happy about trials and troubles. We shouldn't be happy about the things that come in our life. But God counts it worthy. We ought to find joy in our souls. We ought to be counted worthy to suffer for Jesus. Because of the positive work that Christ can do to us in a negative way, and it can help those that are in need in our life. The trying of our faith. Paul said, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them that are called according to His purpose. I am glad for the troubles of life. I don't like them. I don't run out looking for them, but I'm glad the troubles of life come my way. I'm glad that they seem to, to overtake me and I've got someone I can turn to. I have a Savior that loves me. And He's always in the midst of the darkness of my trials and troubles. He's always around me. And I know that I have a friend and I know that the promises that He is there with me. I'd like to just give you three little points on sometimes it takes a mountain. Sometimes it takes a mountain to get us to where God wants us to be at. The purpose of the mountain, Paul said that we should glory in our tribulation. I'm sure that in my many troubles of our times, I would like to go to Paul and say, Brother, I'd... Uh, I'm not trying to rewrite the Bible. I'm not trying to change God's words. But how can you glory down here when our children are not serving God? How can I glory down here when my friend's dying of cancer? How can I glory down here when my family's breaking up? How can I Glory down here will kill children and, and babies day after day after day. Uh, how, how can I glory in a world that has rejected God? How can I glory in that? How, how can I perceive the happiness of God when all these things are going on around us? I've heard people have said, God, give me patience. You better be careful what you ask for. Because God can send some stuff on your life that really you're going to have to have some patience for. All this tribulation that's going on, but we know tribulation works with patience. We know that. He said, patience makes 
makes you have experience in life. That's how you can tell a mature Christian. And hope maketh not a shame. You know how to live your life and not be ashamed of Jesus Christ? Because of every day of situations that you go through in life. The pains, the sufferings, you can look back and say, I can see along the way that Jesus was there in the midst with me. It's not my perfectness, not my ability, it's not my goodness, but it's God that's standing around me that gives me the victory in my troubles, the victories in my trials. Uh, sometimes it's going to take a mountain for God to get you where he needs you at that you see that it's him in the midst of all the things that's going on around you. Jeremiah was preaching. They took the man of God and threw him in a pit. Have you been cast out before? When you stood upon what God said, when you stood on what the word of God had meant in your life, and you stood on it, and they cast you away. They didn't want you to be around you. They threw him in a pit, and Jeremiah said, I will not make mention of his name no more. Can I tell you, I've been there before, too. I've crawled in my closet. Lord, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Lord, I don't know if I have the ability or the strength to go on one more day going through what life has thrown at me. I don't know if I can do it anymore, God. But somewhere down in the darkness of the night, the Holy Ghost of God would come to me and remind me that I didn't call myself. I didn't save myself. You're not in control. Just do what God said to do. And everything will be all right. If I could tell you one thing tonight, just listen to God and everything will be all right. I'm not saying that trials won't come your way and I'm not going to say trouble will not come your way. But if you listen to God in every bit of that web, each step you take, He's going to make it better and better and better. Jeremiah said, but His word in my heart is a burning fire shut up in my bones. And I was weary with forbearing. I could not hold back. Jeremiah says, there's something inside of me that says, I'm not going to let you go. I'm not going to let you just walk away. There's something down inside of you that's burning that's got to get out. There is going to take a mountain sometimes for God to get you to a place that you realize that God's in control. Uh, you may give up sometimes. You may fall down sometimes. But God says, I'm inside and I'm keep calling you. I'm calling you. I'm calling you. Get up and keep going. Patiently persist. When those trials come, and we say, oh, Lord, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. This is the hardest thing I've ever faced in my life. I don't know if I can get through this. You can't on your own. 
with God all things are possible. He said in verse 2, temptations, and in verse 3, he says, trying of your faith, and they're often spoken together. Each one of those are often spoken together, but they have two different meanings. If they meant the same, then trials will produce growth and maturity in your life. You cannot say the percentage of that is very small of anybody that goes through something that's horrible where you can grow in. But often the troubles of life will make us better. Most of the time it makes people bitter, not better. We don't usually grow maturity and growth right away. And if something doesn't happen the way we think it should in that mountain experience that we're facing, sometimes we walk away from God. Sometimes we turn our back on God. We get out of the church. We get out of the Word of God. We don't pray anymore. We just lose contact with God. We're brokenhearted. We give up. And there's no spiritual growth in our life. said that it's the Lord that gives us the victories in our trials and that's what produces the maturity and growth in our lives. That, that means that you want to throw your hands up and walk away but I'm telling you instead of throwing your hands and walking away uh, put your hands in your pocket and get, keep searching for God. Get down on your knees. This one said I heard once one person say at one time, the one he bruises the most is the one that he uses the most. I find that no matter what trial you're in or no matter what trouble you're in, this will pass. This will pass. The Bible said, Jesus said that you had to do some pruning to prune the branches to bring forth more fruit. Sometimes God is telling you there's something in your life that needs to go. There's some things in your life you need to cut out. It might be your job. It might be friends. Might be those things you love to hold on to. But can I say sometimes it takes a mountain. Sometimes it takes us having to work and labor and putting forth an effort. And sometimes it takes falling down on our knees to climb a mountain. Then he said, wisdom. Pray for wisdom. I find that no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing, and, and we go through these valleys, we go through these horrible uh, situations, these troubles in our life, but can I tell you, when you get to the top of the mountain, God is on the mountain, and He's the same God that's down in the valley. He's the same God that's on the side. He has not changed. You keep going forward and just keep talking to Him. Asking Him for strength. Asking Him to guide you. You know, we're raising a generation of self, 
sufficient kids that everybody's saying you don't need to cry, you don't need to do this, you don't need to do that. We don't want our kids broken, show no emotions, teaching girls how to be boys. But I find when we're broken tenderly by the Lord, that's when we get to the top of the mountain. He knows just what we need and how much we can stand. We all know the story of Abraham. God told him he was going to bless him with a child. And he did. Isaac. And he took him, raised him, he loved him. And then God spoke to him one morning and says, Take your child, your only child, and go to Mount Moriah. And I want you to make him a sacrifice unto me. Abraham got up the next morning, got his child, and got his men, and loaded up the mules and the wood and all that stuff. And this was not a 20-minute journey. This was a three-day journey that he had to go on. Now, you imagine this. Abraham knows that God says, Sacrifice your child unto me. He's got three days to think about this sacrifice. His child is there walking with him. His child there talking with him. And he's looking at him the whole time thinking, when we get there, I've got to sacrifice you because the Lord has asked me to do that. When they get inside, he told the men, y'all stay here. Me and the boys are going to go yonder and worship. Can I tell you, when you get to the top of the mountain, there's still worship. There's still some worship at the top of the mountain. They get to the top of the mountain. He builds an altar. Get the wood burning. And the lad asked him, where's the sacrifice? He said, God will provide a sacrifice. Takes his boy and lays him out on the altar. Bound up and he's ready to execute, ready to, to sacrifice. And he's brought the knife up. He hears from the heavens, Abraham, Abraham. And he stops. I'm glad God still speaks. <laughs> I'm glad that when you're going through, no matter what you're facing, you're facing, there's Abraham looking at the mountain. He's looking at his mountain that he knows he has faced. He knows what's going to happen. And let me tell you what, there's times that we look at our mountain, we know what's going to happen, but a lot of times we look at our mountain and we don't know what's going to happen. And, and we worry and we, we fret with and we get all uh, flustered inside, but God says keep going, keep going, because on the top of that mountain there's worship there. Don't give up. Abraham faced something he had never faced before. And some of you here are facing some things that you've never faced before. You come to the church looking for refuge, looking for a place of safety. But as soon as you walk out that door, you pick those problems and troubles come right back on top of you. Ain't it good to know that when troubles do come to your life, there's a place you can come and hide 
relax and feel good. When the storms of life are raging around you, there is a place that God set aside that you can come and relax. Preach, I can't bear it no more. I, I can't take any more. Sometimes you're going to have to do the strange things that God asks you to do. I'm tired of the ordinary. I'm tired of just coming and doing the same things over and over and over. I know God is not going to ask us to bring our child on sacrifice, but I do know God asked us to bring our child and offer him up as a blessing to God. I do know God says there will be things that come in your life that's going to be strange to you, but do it anyway. I'm quite sure when Abraham was climbing that mountain, he thought this is a strange thing that God would ask. God told me he was going to bless me with a child, and I was that age, and my wife was this age, and God said, I'll bless you with a child. And now he's taking that child to be offered up. This is a strange thing you ask God. Sometimes it's going to take a mountain to get, get us to where God wants us to be. But I'm glad that when you get to the top of the mountain like Abraham did, God met him there. Let me ask you something. What is your mountain tonight? What are you facing tonight that's just got your life in a wreck? Just got your life all turned upside down. I know everyone, every one of us facing something. You know, it, it, we, we think when we say face a mountain, we think of facing somebody that's about ready to die on us. Somebody laid out in a ditch and drugs. Your mountain may be something that's simply not able to witness to people. Your mountain may be simply as not being a praying like you should pray. Your mountain may be as simply of not coming to church like you should be coming to church. Filled with the Spirit of God. Too often we walk through those doors we feel with the world and not God. And we can't manifest the Spirit of God because we don't have Him in us. And we come to church, and most people come to church, the Lord, I came to church, so the preacher is supposed to prime me and get the Holy Ghost in me. It's not my job to put the Holy Ghost in you. Amen. Not my job. I'm just, I'm just telling you what the Word of God, but it's your job to come to the house seeking the Lord in truth and spirit. It's your job. So what is the mountain that you are facing tonight that you need God to meet you at? You need God's direction. You need God's guidance. So, Lord, this is the mountain that I'm facing, and I need your help on this mountain. What is it? 